Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. Today we're happy to welcome Elliot Silver to Love Thy Lawyer. Elliot's an attorney who is originally from England, and he's been practicing law in Alameda County. Elliot, good to have you. Thanks a lot, Lou. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks. Elliot, why don't you start off by telling us where your office is located? My office is in Oakland on the Embarcadero, pretty close to Harborside. What kind of practice do you have? It's primarily uh, criminal defense. That's pretty much the bulk of our work. Uh, we also do do some uh, personal injury and uh, some civil forfeiture. Um, so, but pretty much, I say ninety percent, ninety-five percent criminal law. Now, when you say we, do you have other attorneys that you work with? Yeah, I've got to give a shout out to my uh, trusted uh, colleague Tom McMahon, who's a absolute uh, genius. He, I, I could not do this practice without him. Uh, because he kind of fills in all the the soft spots that I have. I'm not, I'm not, never was, and probably never will be a legal genius. Uh, but he he is. Uh, he does all my research and writing, and he handles all the, you know, a lot of heavy cases. Uh, so Tom McMahon's the man. Well, we'll have to get him on the pod one of these days. Definitely. How long have you been practicing? Uh, funnily enough, in July of uh, this year, July fifth is going to be my twenty fifth anniversary of being a lawyer. As of the 4th of July. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The 5th, but close enough. Close enough. Yeah. Now, where are you from originally? Uh, I yeah, note I was, a slight accent. Yeah, I was born and raised, basically, in uh, the suburbs of London, in England. Uh, I, I'm what you call an Essex boy. And if you want to Google that, it, we have a certain uh, reputation, if you will. Well, what are... The boys like it, the Chigwell School. <laughs> How did you know I went to Chigwell School? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah well, Chigwell School, uh, right now it's actually co-ed, but when I was going there, it was an all-boys school, and it's sort of a typical British all-boys school. We used to wear uniform. and. Now, did you do your O-levels and A-levels and that sort of thing there? Yeah, I actually left England uh, right before I was supposed to do O-levels. I left England... Uh, when I was almost 13, uh, going into what would be considered sort of the middle, the middle school, um, my parents moved to uh, Florida uh, because they thought that that was going to be the land of opportunity. Uh, the sun, we had come on a holiday. Uh, my parents had four kids. They brought us out here for a holiday to Florida. And my dad told me that we had such a great time that he thought that's what life is like. We're going to America. What was that experience like? Well, I, I just my personality. I kind of, I'm kind of blended in pretty easily. My sister had a bit more of a hard time, uh, but my personality is sort of gregarious. So I, um, I, I had no problem. I blended in. I made good friends, and it, it was all kind of like a bit of an adventure for me. Is that where you graduated from high school? Yeah, I went to Spanish River High School, uh, graduated in uh, 1987. And then where did you go? I went to the University of Miami. Uh, I actually was supposed to um, 
go uh, up north. I was accepted to University of Pennsylvania, uh, but I was only 16 when I was going to college. Wow. Yeah, my parents, uh, they kind of talked me out of it. Um, so I went to University of Miami, which was, uh, yeah, it was a good school, but it was certainly no Ivy League school. Uh, but I went I went there four years, uh, undergrad. I went there for law school as well. I just stayed. And how was that whole experience at the University of Miami? Did you enjoy uh, it? It was it was cool. I mean, it, it was uh, quite frankly, it was a lot of partying. So I, I didn't really know any different. Uh, I didn't really explore anything else. You know, I went I went to college with the expectation of going to law school, and I, you know, I was a history major, communication and political science, all the typical law school stuff. So I didn't really, I, I wouldn't say it was my own personal choice. It was just kind of something that that was always told to me. This is what you're going to be. So what was your first legal job? Uh, my first job was actually I did a, uh, I suppose you'd call it a clerkship for a judge in Florida. His name was Judge Rappaport, um, but it was, it was kind of unofficial. Um, uh, he was working out of his home. I, in fact, I don't actually think he may have even been a judge. He, he just called himself Judge Rappaport, um, and he had me doing legal, you know, just filing and research and, and stuff like that. Um, I, it's just kind of this vivid. He was sort of an old, decrepit, uh, grumpy old guy. <laughs> and I, it, it didn't really dawn on me. That's, that's unfortunately how a lot of lawyers end up. But um, it, it was it was interesting. I was very young, and um, it was it was kind of it was kind of cool. But my my first real legal job was public defender. Um, which I where was that? That was in Miami Dade, and it was an absolutely incredible experience. It, it, it was just incredible being a young. You know, I, I graduated from law school and went right into the public defender's office. Uh, I had done an internship there uh, with with one of my friends. Just the minute the doors open to the jail, that what you do is you go for an orientation. The first day they tell you what it's going to be like and stuff. And then the second day you're in the jail and the minute the doors open, it was like a rush of adrenaline for me um, seeing these people. And you know, I just had this, this, um, this sort of like urge, you know, to help these people. It was, it was a natural thing for me. And um, that was the internship. And then, you know, I did good work there and they, they really liked me as a person. So when I graduated from law school, they offered me the job, and I—that I, was my first real legal job. I was there for about five years. So you took the bar in Florida, yeah, and then later you took the bar in California. Yeah, I took the bar in Florida in '94 when I graduated, and um, I didn't take the California bar till about 2013. And I've kind of had a—I don't know how what you would call it, but sort of a. Uh, interesting meandering path uh, through through life. Um, I've been very uh, uh, sort of situated the past uh, seven years, but before that, I I was traveling a lot and uh, I'm, I was living in New York. I did a dot com uh, company up in New York for a little bit. Uh, I did some real estate, some non non law related uh, type of activities, but always always had my my law degree and it always came in handy for whatever I was doing. So when did you decide to come to California? I wanted to come to California actually for law school. 
I was accepted to uh, uh, McGeorge in Sacramento. And uh, I actually remember very vividly, again, I was young. I was, I was 20 years old. And uh, my parents, you know, were kind of footing the bill for me. I remember vividly sitting around the, the, the dinner table. I had the Sacramento Bee, I think it was. And I was looking at apartments. And my mother goes to me in her very proper English accent. She goes, Elliot, what do you want to go to Sacramento for? To follow that band, The Grateful Dead? <laughs> so, so my my so my my parents uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't pay for me to go to California because they they knew I was you know kind of like you know I was twenty years old having a good time so um, so they they said well you know we'll we'll send you to University of Miami we know where you are uh, so that was it yeah so I went to University of Miami. What do you really like about practicing law? I'd say, uh, you know, two things, really. Um, first of all, I do like to help people. I think it's in my nature um, to help people. And, you know, there's a sense of satisfaction, you know, when you get, you know, you get a big smile from somebody at the end of these cases and you get a thank you. I mean, quite, there are a lot of people that are ungrateful. You know, I, I don't do this work for the thanks because, you know, that's just ridiculous, but, you know, when you get that thank you, you get that smile, and you get to help someone out and help their family. Uh, for me, you know, that's a great sense of satisfaction because I've I've been, you know, I'm grateful for everything that I've got. Some people are not as fortunate, so I'm happy to help those people out. The other thing is I love to stick it to the man. You know, I think um, Alameda in particular, you don't get to do that too much. It's kind of a kind of congenial cooperative um i don't get to fight with prosecutors too much because it's uh, to me that doesn't seem a good a good route of uh getting what you want um but i when i practiced in miami uh it was the opposite it was kind of more like santa clara when you know everything's a war every single thing is a war so we used to we used to love sticking it to the man man is there anything that you don't like about practicing law uh, I do find it kind of stressful, uh, quite frankly. I, you know, I, I've in my older years now. I'm going to be fifty in October, and um, you know, my nerves are not what they used to be. The, the stress of it, I think, is is pretty heavy. Um, I, I'm still fearless. You know, back in the uh, back in the public defender days, they used to call me Longshanks, who was the king of England, um, and he, he, he was known to be fearless in battle. And I still have that kind of fearlessness, but um, the the stress I think is is it's kind of weighs on you after a while. Yeah. Would Would you recommend it to a young person who is thinking about it as a career choice? Um, I I always it's a good question because people have asked me. I think if you're going to be a lawyer, you got to really think about if that's what you really really want to do. It shouldn't. Yeah, be- I agree. I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be something like, oh, let me choose a job and just be a lawyer. Because it, I think if you if you don't enjoy, it, and I, I still do enjoy it, I, I really you know like I like helping people. And to me, it's quite entertaining actually the stories. And but um, I think if you if it's not something that you really really want to do, it'll it'll chew you up. You know, it's very stressful and long. You know, I work long hours. I'll probably work about 100 hours a week. I know most people out there don't. I'm kind of crazy like that. But I, I do about 100 hours a week. How is actually practicing law met or differed from your expectations? 
Um, well, I, I say, you know, when I was younger, I was pretty idealistic. Um, I still have those, that, that kind of idealistic nature of, of the way things should turn out. But I've also discovered that, you know, it, we're, we're part of a system um, that, you know, you, you can't really beat the system. You know, as much as you try and as much as you can, you know, one case at a time, you probably can get good results. But by and large, um, you know, I've been watching the news and, you know, the protests and I, uh, Brendan Woods, you know, he's awesome. He's, he's out there doing it. So I think if you if you have a collective um, power, you know, like the public defenders do, I think, yeah, you can. You can probably beat the system. But, you know, as a sort of individual, it's very difficult you know, to kind of um, – change thing you can just change one case at a time and i think that's uh, that's kind of what i try to do well tell me about a case that went well for you well i tried a case down in um palo alto uh not too long ago a couple of years ago where it was a um a guy had just come from india and he was on a dependent visa and he his wife was at work he's kind of sitting at home and he sees a beautiful girl go by the window and each day he, he sort of watches her go by same time. And he's sort of quirky and he, he's sort of slowly falling in love with her from afar. And he finally gets up the courage to go out and, and, and talk to her and he's chatting her up and she discloses that she's underage. And he, in a very kind and apologetic way, uh, motioned to, to give her a hug, you know, so gave her a hug. Turns out the girl was the niece of the chief of police of Mountain View. So, so she went home and complained, and that you know they think he's a sexual predator. And they the the police, you know, they set up a sting and they swarmed him and they took him in. Um, and the, the, you know, they wouldn't give him a battery, uh, which is what it was. It was unwanted touching, it wasn't sexual in any any way. So I, I told the prosecutor, I says, look, you, you're going to end up with nothing. I, I, we went to trial. In the middle of the trial, I kind of knew it was going well. And the judge brings us back, you know, and I, I said to the prosecutor, I said, will you give me the battery now? You know, in the middle of trial, right? And she goes, no. You know, I said, well, because it's not actually a lesser included offense, believe it or not. And the judge, the judge wouldn't give the instruction because it's not official uh, lesser included uh, we took it all away and we, we got him not guilty. And it was great because his wife was pregnant and the guy would have been deported uh, had we had lost. So it was it was a great victory. Um, it was only a misdemeanor, but it was, you know, those those kind of things really uh, sit very well with me uh, when, you know, it could have been resolved. You know, we didn't have to go to trial if they just offered what it, what it was. You know, it was just a battery. But uh, because of the, the bullheadedness of, of that particular um, district attorney's office, uh, they end up getting nothing, you know, and I felt great about that. What about the business of practicing law? Obviously you are in practice for yourself. You've had some success. How's that gone for you? And you know, where do you get cases from and yeah. what, do you, what do you attribute your business success to? Well, I, I've always been a businessman. I've been an entrepreneur. I never had a regular job um, until I moved out here. I had a, I worked for a law office for about four years. Um, even as a public defender, you're pretty much kind of on your own. And you're sort of independent um, in a group. You know, they let us make our own hours and stuff, which was cool. So I've always had kind of a, a business sense um, of how to how to bring people in through the door and you know 
I mean, just get him, you know, it's a salesy kind of thing, but not, not disingenuous. But I get that really from my parents. My parents were uh, shop owners in England. They had uh, pharmacies and, um, you know, they knew how to treat customers right. And, and, and I, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky uh, that I'm in a position where I can have a good business. I get pretty much most of my cases off the internet, some word of mouth. Um, obviously, there's repeat customers. You know, they get frequent flyer miles, um, but mo- mostly off the internet. Um, and I kind of learned, you know, the, the language of the internet, the language of marketing uh, through that. I, I don't do it myself. I have a guy that does it, but I understand the way the way it works. I understand the language. What, if anything, would you change about the way the legal system works? Well, I think the cards are stacked against people that that don't have money. I mean, let's face it. You know, people that don't have money. um, And, I mean, I I was a public defender. I love the public defenders. I think most of the public defenders are actually the best lawyers in the courtroom. Um, Number one, because it's a pure practice. They're not concerned with, with, you know, getting the money. They're concerned only with doing a good job. Um, and, and, you know, from what I've seen, you know, you know, the public defenders is not all, but most of probably the best lawyers in the courtroom. And, um, it's just, they're overworked. You know, they don't have, they don't have, uh, time to spend, you know, if you have a hundred cases, you know, they probably have more than that. They probably have a hundred a week. Right. So, you know, if, if I, um, I always thought if I ever made enough money to be a great philanthropist, that I would set up a uh, another public defender's office for free, like a private public defender's office for free, you know, sponsored by Elliot Silver, just to, uh, I don't know how it would work, you know, legally or whatever, but um, I, I think the cards are stacked against people that don't have money, and it's, it's kind of sad. Do you think that the system is basically fair? I think that, by and large, when we talk about, you know, the, the crime and punishment, um, I know it differs from county to county, uh, and that's kind of unusual to me. It, it just doesn't make sense. You know, if you if you do something in San Francisco and then you cross the line to San Mateo, you know, you're going to get triple damage, right? But I think by and large, you know, over my 25 years now, uh, I found that people generally get, you know, just – just punishment. How about your family life? I know that you uh, have children, and yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I I, I live alone with my eleven year old, uh, beautiful, gorgeous, incredible daughter. Her name is Sydney, and uh, I've had her on my own since she was three years old. Uh, her mother unfortunately passed away uh, in Florida. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you know it's it's a sad thing but i you know i've done my best to you know provide for her but the truth is no matter what i do I, there's no love like a mother the motherly love it's just it can't be replaced you know and uh she she seems to be pretty well adjusted um and we talk about it it's not anything that's hidden and every year you know on her birthday we we light a candle and we we celebrate um her mother's life, uh, but it's it's difficult. It's been really difficult, uh, you know, to to provide not just food and and shelter, you know, like a kind of a 
it's sort of a masculine type of approach, but it's, it's been difficult for me to provide the type of love that a mother could, but I, I do my best. If you couldn't be a lawyer, what uh, would you choose to do? I know you've had some other uh, professional experiences or work experiences. Yeah, so um, I actually always envision myself um, either either being a, a an art professor who has a studio producing art. I, I don't think I would have been a you know just a pure studio artist, um, but I always sort of wanted to be an art professor. I love art history. And you know, going to the museums and, and learning about all the different uh, you know the different influences. It's really a tree, you know. It's a tree of um, just like music is is a tree of uh, d- derivatives, you know. And just studying the the derivatives of um, of the art world. And I always imagine myself being an art professor. Elliot, it's really been a pleasure talking to you. There's a lot to cover, and I'm sure that there's other things that we could discuss at length. I think this would be a good place to leave it. I want to thank you so much for coming on Love Thy Lawyer. And I hope to see you again soon in court when things get back to normal. Thanks, Lou. It's been a pleasure and I hope you're all doing very well out there. Take care. Thanks, Lou. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Love Thy Lawyer. Special thanks to Elliot Silver, Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm Lewis Goodman. I've had an internet business before. I I had a... uh, in New York, I had an internet pharmacy, and I had a uh, also um, uh, uh, adult entertainment uh, website, if you will.